What is up, bros? I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. This week on the podcast, in 4K Spotlight, we have one new movie coming out on a really weird day. <laughs> Very. Um, actually comes out the day this drops, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and through the wall, we got a little bit of news. Uh, mostly Marvel. And then, like, Marvel adjacent, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, this is the most we've had to talk about in a while for news, I feel. Yeah, it's it's been a hot minute. Um, So yeah, we'll get into that awesome Marvel breakdown, and then, like, like I said, Marvel adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it actually won't be Marvel adjacent anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. And then for our headliner this week, we will be breaking down... The Halloween 2018, in honor of it being Halloween, as of the yeah, day that buddy. we released this. Yeah. And, you know, might as well review the whole trilogy. Yeah, why not? I mean, we did it with The Matrix, like, why not do it with Rose's favorite franchise? Damn right. Well, I can't decide if it's this or Ghostbusters. It's a toss-up for me. Well, uh, Ghostbusters is like a trilogy, I would say, now. Okay, fair enough. So it's like, anything, like, what's past a trilogy? Like, what is it? Or what's a considered a franchise? Or, I don't I know, don't like know. six movies? I have no I idea. I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's what you guys can look forward to in this episode. Uh, so with that, let's say we get right on into it. Let's do it. Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so... I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. Alrighty, starting off with 4K Spotlight. We have one new release coming out today. If you're listening to this the day that it gets released. Um, so, Rose, would you like to tell everyone about that? I would love to. So, coming out today is Top Gun Maverick. Finally. Feels like this movie came out forever ago. And it's just barely getting released on a physical format. But, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, the only, uh, so it's actually not even getting any exclusives because the Steelbook, you can get it uh, almost anywhere. Amazon, Target, Best Buy. 
Um, it's a gorgeous steelbook. Uh, I pre-ordered it like literally even before the artwork was announced because I have the first one, so I gotta have the second one on steelbook as well. Um, so yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's still available for pre-order if you guys want to get that, or or I'm sorry, not pre-order, or you could just order it today since it comes out today. I'm sure it's still available. Um, or if you don't want that, you can just get it on regular 4K and Blu-ray. Hell yeah. So, yeah. That might be the quickest we've ever done a 4K spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Alright, getting into our Through the Wall segment. We have two trailers that came out and then one bit of, like, really interesting news. Um... I'll say we'll start off with the news item first, because I don't know if I have too much to say other than to express my excitement. That's fair. Um, So first off, the new heads of DC Films and Animation have been announced, and the new heads are going to be James Gunn and Peter Safran. And holy shit i could not be more excited about this james gunn hitting up dc films like oh dude he's gonna be the dc equivalent of freaking kevin feige dude straight up this is a match made in heaven absolutely like and i feel with him we're gonna get to see some like weird shit i mean we've already gotten that with freaking um the Suicide Squad movie that he released and the Peacemaker TV show. Like, I think we're going to get DC characters that we didn't know we cared about. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I I could not be more excited. And for those of you that don't know who Peter Safran is, he's um, taken more of a producer role, but he's done a lot of production on uh, a, a wide variety of horror films and most uh, DC projects after Justice League. So I think he's a, a fairly good fit too. Kind of has that production role. James Gunn has the directorial know-how. So I think this is like a match made in heaven. And... I am so excited for the future of DC. For for me, and I'm sure I can speak for Rose on this too, I've always been more of a Marvel fanboy, but I love Marvel and DC like damn near equally. I can't say I'm the same. I've always loved Marvel more, um, but I still do love DC. Um, but hopefully James Gunn can change that. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully he can. Like, I have really high hopes that he will be able to. And he seems really excited about the, the future of DC. And honestly, I hope he just brings what he normally brings to the world. And it's just wild and out there projects. And honestly, I don't know. Like, if I were... Or to like just take a wild shot in the dark or just guess on what the future of DC is going to look like. I don't know if there's going to be a focus on the like the the pillars 
you you could say of of DC like with Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. I think they'll have their role in yeah. James Gunn's universe, but I don't know if they'll be like a main focus. Like I That's think That's fair. Get, I could see that. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to get to see characters that very few people know about. And like it's just one of those things I would I'd love to see. I would love to see that. Yeah, honestly, I would too. Dead serious. Yeah, it's like instead of it focusing on like the main seven of the Justice League, we're gonna see all those background characters from Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> Dude, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I could not be more excited for this, and I. I hope James Gunn and Peter Safran have like the best time doing this and just like bring DC up to the level that we've come to expect from superhero movies. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. And I also hope that, that Peter Safran kind of sticks with his, uh, with what he knows and produces some scary ass movies too. Cause I mean, we all know that DC's always kind of been like on the darker side. So I hope they just freaking run with that and keep like, give us some like R rated superhero content. Yes, absolutely agree. So like I said, high hopes and congratulations to those two. Like could not think of a better dream team. All right, uh, moving on to our next bit of news. Still sticking with uh, James Gunn. The trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special has just been released. And this looks like a great freaking time. It really does. Like, oh my god. Yeah, so like, for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, go check it out. But this looks like it's it's awesome. Like they've expressed that. Um, like I love that they have Kraglin in here, kind of acting like Yondu. Like he just yeah. kind of has this insight to Peter Quill that no one else seems to like seems to have. So it's like it's nice to to see that like come into to play here, and. So, like, it starts off, like, Peter's all bummed out because it's, like, around Christmas time. Gamora's been missing, and he's wanting to, like, find her. And so the Guardians are trying to think of a way to cheer him up this holiday season. So Drax and Mantis travel to Earth to collect the legendary Kevin Bacon for <laughs> Peter Quill. Oh, it's too perfect. Dude, this I wouldn't even be pissed if this was just freaking Drax and Mantis. Like the entire I wouldn't time. be either. I wouldn't be either. And you know, kudos to Kevin Bacon for being game to do this. I appreciate that so much. I know, me too. <laughs> like I I wonder if he's like friends with James Gunn or something. Cause I mean he I'm pretty sure he's been mentioned in, like, every Guardians, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has. 
Yeah, I know. Like he's been, he was mentioned in the first one. Fairly certain he was talked about in the second one. Yeah, he he was. I think he was. Oh well, I don't know if Kevin Bacon was was talked about in Infinity War, but I know Footloose was brought up. And then I yeah, don't I can't... like Endgame. I don't think had any like Kevin Bacon reference, but. Though I think those three for sure, <laughs> like the Guardians are yeah. always talking about Kevin Bacon. So, yep. yeah, the fact that they were able to get him to do this special, just oh, so good, so yeah, good, so good. And it seems like it's going to be really heartwarming too. Like, it I does. can almost like feel the emotion coming off of Star Lord when they turn on all the Christmas lights. Yeah, it was so sweet. Dude, like, I don't know about you, but I do not understand the shit that Chris Pratt gets. For, like, everything. Like, I know that there's, like, some shady shit that he's done, like, behind the scenes or, like, on social media or whatever. And I, like, I understand that to a point. Yeah. But, like... I, yeah, people, I feel like, that there. Yeah, people freaking rag on him like no man's business. Oh no, I agree. I mean, yeah, deserved. It, I agree. Um, yeah, I will fully admit. Yeah, I don't agree with everything that he said or what he's done or how he feels about some things. Um, but no, like it doesn't change how I feel about him. Like I still think he's a very good actor. I love seeing his work, and I'm stoked to see him once again playing Star Lord. I I look past my differences with an actor because I just enjoy them in certain movies. Yeah. That might be part of it. Maybe we're just like makes me wonder like if we're like the minority cuz we're like really good at separating the art from the artist. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know if that's like a totally good thing, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, like super excited that comes out November twenty fifth. So that comes out Thanksgiving Day, right? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, like what? Let's just well, to uh, make sure. Or is that a, let me check. Or is that a Wednesday? Oh, so it comes out Black Friday. Oh, okay. There you go. So, so instead of going Black Friday shopping, watch that. Yeah. So couldn't be more excited for that comes in the perfect time too because i refuse to celebrate christmas until the day actually until dinner's done <laughs> like thanksgiving dinner is like over with that's when you can start celebrating christmas and i'm the kind of person that will be uh, blasting christmas music uh november 1st so you are the type <clears throat> we are that i hate <laughs> yeah i know i am we're complete opposites when it comes to that shit yeah so, yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, then the last bit of news, sticking in Marvel, the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer got released today. Or not today. This week. I was like, and holy shit. The yeah, vibes true. for this movie do not feel like they're going to be very pleasant. No. Kang really comes to play, it seems, in this movie. Yep. And oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
like this does not give me the warm fuzzies. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely no Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp. This one is definitely taken um a lot more uh stakes for its third movie, which it should. It is the third Ant Man movie. So it makes sense. Yeah. I'm like you freaking nailed it right on the head. Like it does feel like there's just gonna be more stakes to this. And I hope Marvel doesn't freaking puss out. I hope so too. Like I want to see some shit that like means something. Take I have a feeling this movie. I have a feeling one of Hope's parents, or if not both, are not making uh, this movie alive. I have a feeling. If they do that, that's <coughs> ballsy as hell, and I will one hundred percent support it. Yeah. Oh, same here. Because I'm. I hope they don't kill Hope. You can't freaking kill the Wasp when she's just barely getting started, dude. I as much as I love Paul Rudd, could you imagine if they kill him off? Oh, dude, that would be so ballsy. That would be like, ridiculously God ballsy. And it's like if he has like more movies in him, like okay, don't kill him, but or actually kill him and just make him part of like the multiverse characters now. All right, there you go. <laughs> but. I I don't know. I think that could be a, could give us some like really interesting storytelling. Like what I imagine that they would do with that is make make the team up be between um Hope and Cassie and have them be like the new Ant-Man Wasp duo. Obviously like whatever uh, Cassie ends up being like I forget what her her like superhero persona is, but have you um seen the freaking uh? So I think it's like one of the final shots. It's when it's Cassie in the middle, and then it's Scott and Hope on both sides of her, and they're like yes. just like looking somewhere. So many I've seen so many freaking memes of being like this shit reminds me of Spy Kids three, you know. <laughs> Just, just just shows like a scene of uh when they're like all freaking in costume and the freaking third spy kids. I'm just like, why you got to put that thought into my head, assholes? Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a very CG heavy movie. Yeah, and we know how Marvel handles shit like that, and it's not always like the best. True. Very, very very, true. But, again, I got high hopes for this movie. It, This is one that I'm, I've am i I've been really excited for since they announced it. And just the, the just getting to see Kang and what's going to come of him in the future and just get an idea of what's going on down the line. Like, I'm super excited, dude. Yeah, oh, dude, same here, same here. And the actor they have playing Kang is just terrifying. Yeah, what's his name, Jonathan Mayers? Yeah. Okay. I actually really like, also, um, I know we only saw, like, a little bit of her, but the girl that they picked to play Cassie, um, I I think she's going to do a good job. I, I don't have any problems with her. 
Yeah, when they announced that recasting, it's not one I was upset about. I'm a, like a little just bummed out that maybe we don't get to see what the other girl would have brought to the uh to the table. That's fair. But I mean, she like that actress has been in some amazing movies. Like we we couldn't stop talking about her with the in Freaky. That is true. That is very true. So definitely have some uh some high hopes there with her as well. So I'm I'm beyond pumped. So I I wish that we would have gotten to see what everyone else got to see with freaking Modoc. Oh, it was that that I wanted to see, but I also wanted to see um that scene where uh Kang is just like, "Oh, are are you an Avenger? Have I killed you before or some shit like that?" Yeah. I I hate that that scene wasn't in here. Yeah, that was such bullshit. Dude, like I don't understand why they just don't release the freaking Comic-Con shit. Dude, straight up. Like, come on. Like that's something I was all like always like super butthurt about. Like I like do you remember the freaking leak for the Batman versus Superman trailer? Yes. I don't did we ever get that? I'm pretty sure we nope. didn't. Nope, never did. Yeah, that was such Not that I remember. Yeah, it's like, okay, you've released the trailer now, now show us what you showed everyone in Comic-Con. Yeah. But no. Yeah, freaking ridiculous. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No use bitching about the shit we don't get. Eh, Fair enough. Um, Gosh, I'm, I'm beyond excited. Kang has always been one of my favorite Avengers villains or just like someone that the Avengers have gone up against like he's just been so interesting and it's it's wild it is so freaking wild that that we're getting that so i i'm ready i'm i am really freaking ready for quantumania I honestly feel bad that like I didn't really read a lot of comics as a kid, so I didn't know anything about Kang until he was introduced into the MCU. But yeah, I am so stoked to see what catastrophic shit he's going to cause in this third movie. Yeah. Well, my, my first introduction to him wasn't through comics. <laughs> my first introduction to Kang was through the TV shows, the animated shows. Oh, okay. So, okay. like... Um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Like the he, they fought Kang. Oh yeah, that. okay. And then they also fought him in the Avengers Assemble show, and that fight got friggin' wild. Oh um, really? Yeah, it's friggin' nuts. <laughs> so I, I am beyond excited for for Kang, and dude, his suit. Oh, it looks dude. amazing. Yeah. It does. Absolutely. Like, oh my god. Yeah, and anyone who is bitching that he didn't have, like, a blue face can go jump in a creek. Seriously, shut the hell up. Yeah, just the, f- like, 
I was actually super glad that he didn't have a blue face. Like, I'm glad that it's just his helmet putting, like, some sort of blue visor over his face. Yeah. Same here, man. so much more sense, and it looks incredible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agree. I think if they would have made him blue, that would have looked freaking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Everything can't be comic accurate. I'm sorry to break it to you guys. Yeah. For so... Gosh. But what they did, I love how it's like... I wonder like how well they're going to play with the, the lighting of that. Because I feel you can get some like really cool effects with that lighting. Like change just... When he wants to be intimidating, just change the lighting so it just gives him more shadow on his face. Makes him a little bit more haunting to look at. Yes. Like, I think you could do some, like, great shit with that. Oh, absolutely agree. So, yeah. Freaking love what they're doing. And can't wait to see this movie. Same here. Alright, one out of ten for the holiday special in Quantumania. Where are you at? I'm honestly at a nine for both. Damn it, so am I. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. Oh. <clears throat> Dude, these trailers were off the hook. They were so good. So good. Like, they gave us everything that we needed. Like, Holiday Special gave us just enough story that we're excited for it and just, like, ready to go. And then Quantumania just got us hyped as hell. Yes! Oh, like, I feel like the beginning of the movie is going to have, like, the, the at least quant- with Quantumania, it's going to have the, the happy-go-lucky vibes that we've gotten from the previous Ant-Man movies, and then it's just going to take a freaking dark turn. Dude, straight up, I could, yeah, I could absolutely see it. And honestly, I kind of want that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. That pretty much covers everything that we wanted to talk about in our Through the Wall segment, unless you had anything to add, Rose. Uh, No, I got nothing. All right. Well, let's say we get right into this week's headliner where we break down Halloween 2018. Let's do it. Alrighty, like we said, we'll be breaking down the 2018 Halloween movie. The first in the new Halloween trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, so this movie, for those of you that don't know, is the... Is it the immediate sequel? After the... uh, the twenty eight or the original? Hey, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this like in this uh in this timeline it only the first movie had happened. Yep. 
Yeah, in this, in this timeline, literally after the events of the first, Michael was caught shortly after and, locked, and has been locked up for 40 years. Yes. Um, so, for those of you that are not familiar with our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. Uh, the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm that gives us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar grade, as well as a percentage so we can figure out just a, a fun listing. And that one, that's more for us than anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, the, if what's really important is the the grade that it gets. Yes. So, um, with that, if you have not seen Halloween 2018, um, definitely go check it out. It is absolutely worth the watch. Um, as you will inevitably find out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Rose is about to read off the entire synopsis for the movie, and if you listen past this point and anything is spoiled for you, that is on you. So, without further ado, Rose, have at it. Alright. On October 29th, 2018, infamous serial killer Michael Myers, who has been institutionalized at Smith's Grove Psychiatric Hospital, for 40 years following his killing spree in Haddonfield is being prepared for transfer to a maximum security prison. True crime podcast podcasters Aaron Corey and Dana Haynes visit the hospital and, during their encounter, Aaron displays the mask that Michael wore in 1978 to him to no effect. In Haddonfield, Laurie Strode, the only survivor of Michael's killing spree, lives in rigid fear of him to, of him to present day, now drinking heavily and rarely leaving her her heavily fortified house. She has a strained relationship with her daughter Karen, whom the state took away from her when Karen was 12. Allison, Lori's granddaughter, does try to maintain a relationship with her grandmother. The night of October 30th, as Michael is being transferred, the bus crashes and patients begin to wander into the road. The accident causes a father and son to stop to see what is going on. Michael murders them both, takes their truck, and returns to Haddonfield. On the morning of October 31st, Michael sees Aaron and Dana visiting his sister Judith's grave. He follows them to a gas station where he kills them both, as well as a mechanic for his coveralls, before recovering his mask from Aaron's car. Deputy Frank Hawkins, who arrested Michael in 1978, tries to convince Sheriff Barker that Michael is dangerous after learning that he has escaped. Lori also learns of Michael's escape and attempts to warn Karen, but Karen dismisses her concerns, urging Lori to move on with her life. Later that night, Allison finds her boyfriend Cameron cheating on her at a costume party, cheating on her at a costume party, and leaves with his friend Oscar. Meanwhile, babysitting a boy named Julian, Allison's best friend Vicky and her boyfriend Dave are killed by Michael. Deputy Hawkins and Lori overhear the incident on the radio and go over to the house. Lori sees Michael for the first time in 40 years and shoots him in the shoulder before he flees. The police take Lori, Karen, and her husband Ray to Lori's home for protection, and a squad car remains outside the residence. Deputy Hawkins promises to find Allison and brings her to be with the family. 
Dr. Ramber Sartain, Michael's psychiatrist and former student of Dr. Samuel Loomis, persuades Sheriff Barker to help in the hunt for Michael. Meanwhile, as Allison and Oscar walk home from the party, Michael kills Oscar, but Hawkins and Sartain arrive just in time to rescue Allison. Deputy Hawkins then tries to kill Michael, but Dr. Sartain, who has become obsessed with Michael's I'm going to F up this word. And, and enigmatic motivations attacks and leaves Hawkins for dead. It is revealed that he orchestrated Michael's escape to study him in the wild. Dr. Sartain then heads, heads towards Michael. Oh my god. Sorry. Dr. Sartain then heads towards Lori's home with an unconscious Michael and Allison locked in the back seat together. Michael wakes up and kills Sartain while Allison flees from the scene. Michael then ambushes and kills two police officers that are outside Lori's home. When Ray goes outside to greet who he believes are the two officers, Michael strangles him to death. Lori manages to get Karen to safety before she engages in a showdown with Michael. Lori severely injures Michael, but he stabs her in the abdomen and pushes her over a balcony. When Michael goes to check Lori's body, he finds it missing, reminiscent of their final encounter decades ago. Karen pretends to break down in tears and calls out for him luring Michael and allowing her to shoot him in the jaw. Lori suddenly reappears and attacks Michael, trapping him inside the safe room with Karen and Allison's help. The trio sets the house ablaze, and Lori says goodbye to Michael before she begins to faint and lets her daughter and granddaughter quickly hitchhike a passerby vehicle to take her to the hospital. A final shot of the burning basement is shown, with Michael nowhere in sight. In a post-credit scene, Michael's breathing is heard, indicating that he has survived. I, I do not remember there being a post-credit scene. Um, I do not either. <laughs> Since when was that a thing? I thought the final shot was literally them closing up on the knife that Allison was holding in the truck. I thought that was it. Yeah, that's what I remember too. <clears throat> but whatever. Okay. Apparently, there was an end credit scene. Dude, they freaking need to put like some sort of warning that there's a post-credit scene. Dude, straight up, because I'm like so tired of like, every single movie now. I have to go, I go see right as the credits start rolling. I have to, you know, freaking pull out your phone, and be like, "Oh, hey, is there a post-credit scene for this movie?" Nope. Okay, I can leave. I can go pee finally. Yeah, like that's always my thing. Like, <coughs> I if I don't have to pee super bad, yes, I will absolutely sit through the credits. But if I'm like busting at the seams like i gotta go (laughs) like at least give a freaking countdown in the credits somewhere yeah exactly like hey you got like five minutes until (laughs) this end credit scene comes up gotta pee go ahead yeah but anyway this movie was amazing it is a very solid return to form for this franchise and i love it so much for that yeah like i couldn't even imagine like when we like before i remember when we originally went to go see this that we um we watched the original like right before yep and then we went to go see this movie and dude I couldn't even imagine like how happy you were with with what was shown because they started this oh, thing dude. off incredibly well. Dude, this still has to this day the best two of the best moments 
in the Halloween franchise, in my opinion. The one is uh, Michael finally getting his mask back and putting it on, and in the slow-mo, I get freaking chills every single time. It's just so perfect. I'm like, yes, Michael Myers is back. This is freaking incredible. And the other part is when he first returns to Haddonfield, and they're playing the Return of the Shape, the shape uh, score from John Carpenter himself, and it's entirely a one-shot of him just walking down the streets of Haddonfield, just stalking people. Uh, he kills two two ladies um, in their houses. And like I said, all of this is in one shot. It is freaking amazing. And I love it so much. And Oh my god, I love this movie. Dude, it is really freaking good. Especially for a horror. Like, they nailed everything. The kills were brutal and left you just oh, yeah. haunting. Like, dude, I was freaking, I still freaking get chills when he is killing the, um, the pod, the other podcaster, the, his assistant or whatever the hell she is. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. No, she's like going to the bathroom to and he's already beat the shit out of the first guy, knocking out all his teeth and so he just freaking drops the teeth behind the freaking door to the the stall. That was terrifying. Yeah. It like, it's very clear uh, that Michael is definitely a lot more aggressive in this movie and the other two um compared to the original. But honestly, I'm okay with that cuz all fully, I mean, you kind of can understand, you know, if you're a serial killer and you've been locked up for 40 years, you got a lot to make up, so. Yeah, his brutality, dude, is what made this movie. And then on top of that, like, I love throughout the entirety of this, this trilogy, and especially, like, with everything that they could have done, they could have ruined the illusion that is Michael Myers for us. Yeah. Like, super easily by showing us his face. But they never did. Like, we got to see, like, the the back of his head a couple times, but... You did see, like, half of his face a little bit at the beginning. It's when so he quick, though. But, yeah... But, like, honestly, like, even if they did have showed his whole face... The actor that they picked to play Michael Myers in this one and throughout the whole trilogy, James Duke Courtney. Oh my god. Like, honestly, he might beat Nick Castle for my favorite Michael Myers ever. I I just freaking love him so much. He he is Michael Myers. It is it is incredible. Yeah. It oh, so good. And this story, like, as absurd as y- you may think that it is, where s- these people that are just obsessed with Michael lure him to Lori's house. I do appreciate that they, because, um, you know, um, I know, I, I remember, like, when uh, this fir- this movie first came out, and, like, they were uh, saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, we're... We're ignoring all the other sequels. They never were brother and sister. So literally, uh, Lori uh, has been living in fear for 40 years, knowing that Michael um, would come back to her to finish her off. I remember think 
I remember thinking, yeah, but why would he come, like, in a way, I was thinking, but why would he come back? If he's just, like, a serial killer, does he really need to finish Lori off? If there's, like, no sibling connection anymore, I don't know if he really feels the need to. Um, and throughout this movie, you kind of get a glimpse of that. Like, yeah, no, like, he's really just out for blood. But then the fact that it's the doctor that drives him to Lori's house, and then it's just, it, it, Playing there in black and white that, yeah, it had nothing to do with uh, Michael wanting to go kill Lori for the final time. It's just that once he gets to her house, he recognizes her and he's just like, okay, you know what? F it. Let's kill her. Let's Dude, I don't finally even do it. I think it was like a recognition thing. He's, it's more just he was dropped off here and just saw someone that he could kill. But see, like, the thing is, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, um, like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize, man. I apologize. You go. You go. No, you're you're good. What what I was just trying to say is that it's just it never felt like he cared at all about Lori. It was just he was on a like even in the first one. It's just he was set in stone on all these people that he was going to kill, and this one was just running away from him. So it's like, hey. Part of the fun's the chase. Like that's kind of what I got from him in the the original. This one, same thing. It's just okay. Here's a target. It's running. Like here's here's my prey. It's running away. Now I need to get it. That that's kind of the vibe that he was putting off about Lori. It wasn't like it didn't. It never felt personal for him. It felt super personal for Lori. It, it was just awesome. kind of like. It's just like very reminiscent of that endgame scene where it's just like you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> what <laughs> like spe- that okay, kind speaking, of vibe. Speaking of that, and this is why I feel like sometimes I wish that the details in the books could be transferred into the movie. In uh the opening of the Halloween Kills novelization, they do like the whole fire thing where Michael, you know, is locked in her her basement and he's looking up at, you know, Lori Allison and Karen. And it actually straight up says he's uh, the shape recognizes Lori, but he doesn't have um, he he doesn't exactly remember fully her, but he still feels like okay, you know what? For what she's put me through, you know what? Maybe I should finish her off. So he does actually recognize her. Okay, but he doesn't recognize her until he's freaking like on fire. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like that, like fact alone. I'm like, why couldn't you put that into the movie? But it would have been a lot harder for them to do because you know Michael Myers doesn't talk. So them being able to just say, "Oh, hey, the shape," you know, like is looking at her and just recognizes her. Like that's freaking cool. I love that he actually does recognize Lori. Yeah, it's it would be so difficult to portray that from Michael because it's like, what things could you do that would like indicate that? It would be yeah. like pointing at her, but that would look weird. And you can't do it with his eyes. He has dead eyes. He has yeah, black like, he has the blackest eyes. Yeah, so you can't do that. And then it's like the only other option is it, like I would say is like a head tilt at her. But that actually could have worked. Yeah. Just like that. I would have accepted huh. that being like him being like, huh. I remember you now. Yeah, like, I think that's probably the route that I would have gone. Damn, I would have loved it if they did that. 
that would have been badass. Damn it, Green. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, dude, like I would love to be a consultant on like one my of these co- movies. My question for you, um, and I feel like I want to ask a lot of people this with the, with this movie especially. So, in Halloween H two, okay, wait, okay, so you don't, you've never seen Halloween H two O, right? Not all the way through. I d- I have seen the beginning, but that's about it. Okay. So in that timeline, you know, you know, Halloween two still happens, so they're still brother and sister. But after the events of that night, Lori tries to move on. She moves to California. She has a son. She got married, um, and she's you know like working at this uh, this uh, school uh, as a teacher. You know, she she's really trying to make the most of her life. Um, and and you know, of course, you know, like Michael returns, and you know, shit hits the fan, of course. Um, but yet in this timeline. After what happened on just the first night, because if Halloween H two O includes the second one, I think it's in total he killed eighteen people. Whereas in this one, it was only f- oh my god, what was it five? It was either three or five. It's always thrown up in the air because a lot of people don't count the mechanic. But I'm like, but Michael clearly killed him. I don't know why you're not counting the mechanic. Yeah, obviously you count the mechanic. Yeah. Um. So, the fact that Lori, um, you know, after the events that she went through that night, she's, um, you know, it effed her up so bad. She's lived in fear for 40 years. It's messed up her relationships. The amount of, you know, post-traumatic stress that she has is just awful. Do you buy that? The way that they set it up, does it make sense to you? Or you're just, or, or are you just like, eh, it's a little stretch for me. You know, like, she... Only saw her friends get murdered. Okay, now I'm sounding like a jackass here. Yeah, like yeah, she only saw her friends get murdered, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's nothing. I saw that last Tuesday. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, this is the the issue that I had with Halloween ends. Like, spoiler alert for if you haven't seen or heard that episode. I had the issue that she she somehow moved on or was attempting to move on in that film and she felt very like cheery and then yeah so that's where the the issue comes in for me she held like it's not outside of the realm of disbelief for me like if she it's just choose a road like, if you want to have her hold the grudge for 40 years, that's not outside the realm of possibility for me. Like, yeah, she's preparing for worst-case scenario. Like, I yeah, absolutely enough. get that. Like, I can completely 100% get behind that reasoning. Like, oh, like, she's afraid that the guy that murdered all of her friends when she was this age um, is going to escape one day. Totally get it, dude. Absolutely get it. But if you wanted to take the other way and be like, okay, she's moving past it. She's moving past the trauma or whatever. I totally would have gotten that. It's just the fact that it didn't remain consistent. If she would have, like, if they would have taken that route where she had moved on in the first movie, I would have understand why she was trying to move on in the last movie. But it's... You're expecting me to believe that someone held 
a grudge for 40 years and then let it go. You know, fair enough. Um, with that, what if they would if, if they would have flipped it that, you know, um, after 40 years, she decides to, or, okay, you know, like, maybe she, like, sulked for, or she, like, went through stress for a year, like, let's say 20 years. But then what we see in Halloween ends is the character that she has in Halloween 2018, her trying to move on. But then uh, the character that she is in Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills is the character that she is in Halloween Ends. That because of what happens to Karen and, you know, all of Haddonfield, she's like, oh, hell no. Like, she, we ain't playing around this time. Yep, that would have made absolute sense to me and would have okay. come across so much better. Yeah, I, I agree. So, I am... Um, like I said, the the route that they took with this movie, completely understandable with her holding the grudge for this long. And yeah. just kind of always being on edge because the, the, the killer is still alive. Like, totally get it. So, it, like I said, not outside the realm of possibility for me. Um... Trying to think what else. I mean, did you have any other problems with the story? Like any of the any of the characters or anything? Surprisingly not. Like, after the rewatch uh this week, I honestly didn't have like as many issues as I thought I did. Like, I thought that oh. maybe I would have issues with like Karen getting involved. Like Karen and Ellison kind of felt like an unnecessary part of this movie but that's fair i mean i feel that they definitely yeah i definitely will say i actually like their characters probably more in kills Um, absolutely absolutely um but no i i get where you're coming from with that yeah they i think that was my only thing it's just they weren't really well written into the story yeah, it's just kind of they were just more or less there until they became useful later on. Until Michael escaped, then yeah. they're just like, "Oh, hey, you know what? Our gr- you know, Lori was actually right. Yeah, no shit." Yeah, so I think that was my maybe my only issue there. Okay. Other than that, though. Okay. What, sorry, one more thing. The doctor. Because I don't know about you. Yeah, that's my biggest problem with this movie. Because, yeah, when the Doctor, like, does the whole switch and kill kills, quotations, Officer Hawkins, even though he comes back and kills because he was such a fan favorite. Um, spoiler alert, guys, if you haven't seen this movie or kills. We already um, gave the spoiler alert. <laughs> the, okay, that's true. Um, but, yeah, so, like, once he, like, switches and... Oh my god, when I first saw this movie and he put the, uh, when, when, when we saw this together and he put the mask on, dude, I remember how freaking irritated I was. I'm like, no, no one else is allowed to wear that except for Michael. Take that damn thing off. I was so mad, dude. The doctor was so much. He was, like, I get it, like, him, like, (sighs) this is why I like Dr. Loomis so much better. He, oh my god. That like even like the freaking like 
the audio that they play of uh, Dr. Loomis in this uh, movie, which the actor that they had did a great job impersonating uh, Donald Pleasance, they should have really just freaking listened to him, just saying, like, the on- there is no point in keeping evil alive. Literally just uh, give him a lethal injection and then burn his body. Yeah. There's no point in keeping him alive. Just give him the death penalty. Ah, man. <clears throat> they should have. They honestly should have. And it's like, like I said, the doctor really screwed me up. Yeah, I, like I honestly, didn't like, like the, the doctor route that they took at all. I actually would have preferred had the the podcasters been the ones to like sabotage his uh transfer you know what that's that's fair like yeah especially if they wanted to get like a really good story i could see that yeah something like that or maybe if it even wasn't like the guy podcaster if it was like the girl and she was just like secretly obsessed with michael and somehow thought that if she helped Michael escape. She'd have a shot with him. Like, like you know those weird, like, serial killer groupies? I don't know. I think the guy was more obsessed with uh, Michael. Because have you seen the deleted scene of this movie with them? Uh, no. So there's a deleted scene where she's showering. And this motherfucker puts on the Michael Myers mask and scares the shit out of her uh, in the shower. And I think he actually... Says so he's just she's just like okay whatever are you gonna get in and he actually I think contemplates getting in with the mask on. Ew! I'm like, dude, are you freaking serious? That shit is forty years old. It was part of a crime scene. Okay, I that is one thing that I will bring up. I'm sorry when he like pulls the mask out at the beginning and he's just like I borrowed something from a friend of my a friend at the attorney's general's office. Ain't no freaking way that anyone would let him take that off or take that out of evidence. That shit is staying in evidence from 1978 till the time that for all of oblivion. (laughs) Yep. Gosh, so dumb. Yeah, yeah, that that part pissed me off. Yes, I absolutely understand that the guy seemed a little bit more obsessed with Michael, but if it just minor rewrite i would have made the girl a little bit more obsessed but like secretly more obsessed and then it's like then maybe it's like she kills the the dude and then set like uses the car to sabotage the uh the transfer and then like she comes out like praising michael's being or whatever like you want to Say like, oh my gosh, Michael, you're so great. And then he just freaking bushwhacks her. Yes. And then takes the car. Oh, dude, when he freaking head stomped the doctor. Oh, that was so satisfying. Dude, legit. Yeah, when he's he's just like, say something, I'm like, I swear to God, David Gordon Green, if you make Michael Myers talk like Rob Zombie did, I'm gonna gonna walk out of this freaking theater. I'm out. Rob Zombie made him talk? Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, I so seen in the Rob um, Zombie trilogy. Oh, you haven't? Uh, it's only two movies, thank God. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but so yeah, in his Halloween two, Loomis at the end, Loomis is uh, trying to like talk Michael into you know like standing down, 
and Michael just grabs his knife and he shouts, "Die!" and stabs it into Loomis. I'm like, "No!" It's like, ah, you ruined him. <laughs> yep. Well, yep. You just ruined the shape. Thanks, zombie. Appreciate it. Uh, what do you think? Like overall, though, like despite the issues and the like. Arguably better rewrites that we would have had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still fairly high on the story. Oh, same here. This is, this is honestly hands down one of the the best Halloween sequels ever. Yeah, like this. There ain't no question about it. I think, despite any other like timeline that I choose to watch, this will be like my defining timeline for Michael. Honestly, I feel the same way. As much problems as I have with Halloween Ends, the w- the the two movies that it took to get to that, I love so much and I love what they did with Michael Myers that yeah, this is this is the timeline that I will honestly go for. Because even my problems with Halloween Ends, I don't hate it. I don't hate that movie. Um in other timelines, there's movies that I just absolutely hate. Halloween Resurrection. Halloween 5. Um, so, yeah. Which one's the one with Busta Rhymes? Th- that is, unfortunately, Halloween Resurrection. And I hate that that is included... Yeah, I hate that that is included in the Halloween, Halloween 2, and Halloween H2O timeline. Because both of those are great sequels. But, oh my god... And it doesn't just—it doesn't even make sense of how they explain that. Oh, it was—it wasn't Michael. It was the paramedic that got his head chopped off because Michael crushed his larynx or his vocal cords, whatever. I'm like that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of how to how to be able to make another Halloween movie because the other one was successful or the last one was successful. So dumb. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> shut the hell up. Uh, anyway, so where are you sitting at with, uh, with the story? Um, you know what? I I don't know if you're going to be this high. I'm going to go a 90. I am not quite that high, but I am, okay. I am close. I'm sitting at an 88. Okay. Hell yeah. 88, not 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I'm just like a hair below like what you're you you were thinking. Okay. Um, it just didn't quite crack the 90 just because of the occasional like imperfections that they had or just stuff that was just like, yeah, not really That's digging fair. that. That's completely fair. Yeah. Um. All right, next up we got writing, and so this is, like, for those of you that don't know, this is, like, the dialogue, or how certain things were were written, and despite our issues, like, with the story, I think I might be higher with my writing. Oh, I'm, I'm probably, like, at what you are with writing. Uh, like, what you were with story, I'm with that with writing, because... There are just some lines in this movie that I'm just like, what the fuck were they thinking with that line? There was a the, few of them. And the, the, the biggest doctor, one. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, the doctor. The biggest one, though, because I'm sorry, it's just not funny to me, is at the beginning when the dad's, like, talking about, uh, you know, like, her da- his daughter going on a date, Allison, and he's just like, oh, man, I got peanut butter on my penis. I'm like, that's not funny, and that it's just, I don't know. The, <laughs> it's just such a weird-ass line. Dude, I don't know if you, have you seen, like, any Rick and Morty? <laughs> Uh, only a couple episodes. I haven't. So, are you familiar with how, like how pathetic, uh, the dad is in that? Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, very. That's the that is like the a line that I would have imagined being written for Jerry. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's like that's it, funny. it's just one of those just pa- absolutely pathetic <laughs> things to be said out loud. Yeah. Um, trying to think of some other lines that I'm just like, wow. I mean, there's some like great lines though. Like my favorite line probably, um, in this whole movie actually comes, it's not from Laurie Strode. It's actually from Hawkins. Um, when they, uh, it's, you know, like when they close off the bathroom after Michael kills, uh, those two podcasters and escapes, uh, it's when he's just, he's talking to Sheriff, uh, Brackett, I think is, that's his name. Um, he's just like, you know, uh, I was there that night. I was there back in 1970. He's just like, we have one order of business, and that's to hunt this thing down. There's a reason we're supposed to be afraid of this night. I get freaking chills when he says there's a reason we're supposed to be afraid of this night. I'm like, damn right you are. Michael Myers yeah, owns that was, Halloween. That was pretty bitching. Like, great deli- It was like, great everything. Great delivery. Great, just well-written dialogue yeah, oh god freaking chills every time oh man I'm trying to think of like anything um, else that like stood out but yeah, it was just i wouldn't say it was like an underwhelming script it was just fairly average other than than that stuff yeah i mean there there is like some like things that i'm just like Really, was there a lot? Because, like, um, I don't know if you remember the part where where Doctor Sarstain first meets Lori, and he's like, "I read everything about you and Michael. Everything." I'm like, "Okay, how much freaking was there? There literally only one encounter." Yeah, it's like, like one there, night, dude. <laughs> yeah, there can't be that much. And then freaking yeah, when the podcasters go to the, her house and they're just like, you know, like we just want to get like the real story, and Lori's just like, "There's nothing new to learn." There are no new insights or discoveries. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there isn't. I'm sure you told everything that happened just that one freaking night. Yeah, it's like, hey, it was 40 years ago, and it was one night. Crazy yeah. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I like, I originally thought that I was going to be higher on my story grade, but, I yeah, I think... I think you talked me down. <laughs> oh shit! Really? Yeah, my bad. It, I honestly, I wasn't that much higher. I was thinking maybe like an eighty-nine, but I don't okay. even know if it deserved that. <laughs> like I said, it was it was average, but maybe just a little bit above. Yeah. So I think I'm at like an eighty-three. <laughs> you know what? Okay. 
I'm just going to go slightly above you. I'm going to go an 84. Just because of that like line from Hawkins. Just because it gives me freaking chills every single time. Absolutely fair. Alright, next up we got acting. Which, top cast. We have Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays Laurie Strode. Uh, Judy Greer, who plays her daughter, Karen. Uh, Andy Matichak, who plays Allison. James Jude Courtney, who is the embodiment of The Shape. And then Nick Castle did a couple other scenes as The Shape. I hate that this is the only one that he came back to actually play The Shape. I wish he was able to play him again in Kills and Ends. At least for one shot, like they did in this movie. But Oh, well, yeah. at least he got to put the coveralls and mask on again in this one. Yeah, so he he only did it for like the window scene and yeah. the uh, breathing. James yeah. Jude oh, my. did everything else. I love that they brought him back to do the. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I love that they brought him back to do the breathing because oh my god, he is just so perfect with the breathing. It's so good. Dude, it makes me like curious. Like, is was James Jude Courtney just unable to like match? The breathing, <coughs> or like, um, was there? I don't know. I, it's like to me, breathing is not that hard. <laughs> it's not, and honestly, well, because what Nick Castle, from what I've seen, to do the breathing of Michael Myers, he literally just clasps his hands over his mouth and does that. That's how. That's how he breathes as Myers. Um, I don't know. They might have just brought Nick Castle back just to say, like, oh, hey, we brought the OG shape back to. Not only cameo, but to actually do the breathing for Michael Myers once again. So, could have been that. I'm sure James G. Courtney could have done it just fine. Yeah. Hmm. I, I wonder why they didn't go that route. Yeah. I'm, Other than, like, maybe, like I said, like you said, cameo. <laughs> yeah. Um. <coughs> trying to think. Were there any other, like, actors that you would say were worth discussing like i know okay so uh dr sartain was played by haluk bilgener then there's officer hawkins who is played by will Patton. was there anyone else that you would say no i wouldn't say so okay um hmm so who who would be your uh this one's probably I know like your top two would be like Lori <laughs> and Michael. Yeah, you're good. Like, in, well actually not, number not number one in Yeah, I was order. gonna say that's not in order. Number yeah, one no. is Michael and then Lori. Yeah, so it's like your number three would kind of be up in the air. Yeah. Uh Okay, can I say my three and four? Sure. Okay, so number four uh, I would give to um, Andy Matichak. She was freaking fantastic. Um, I think I liked her a little more in Kills than in this one, but I still loved her portrayal in this one. Um, but number three, I would actually give to um, Will Patton as Officer Hawkins. I love him in this movie. Um, this is my favorite performance of him throughout the trilogy. Um, and I know he's a new character. 
but they tie him in so well to the events of 1978 that I had no problems with him. Um, so, yeah, that's my number three. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> if I'm doing, like, a three and four, because, like, I'm the same as you, like, James Jude Courtney is my number one, Jamie Lee's number two. Um, it was a close call between my three and four. But I, I'm also going to be giving my number three to Andy Matichak, who played Allison. Okay. But it is honestly a coin flip with Ju- Judy Greer. Oh, and okay. And it's solely because of the the freak out that she was having and then the way that she just flipped a switch. And... Yes. Like freaking out and just kind of got Michael into this false sense of security. And then she's like, gotcha. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that <laughs> scene is blows so away. badass. Dude, that was fantastic. I also and, love that. Oh, sorry. Go. No, I was just saying, like, I've seen Judy Greer in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I haven't really been her biggest fan, but yeah. this I fr- loved. I love that she also gets to do like something along the lines of that and kills as well when she takes Michael to the mob and like the lights come on of all the cars and she's just like, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like it's just like it's badass. Like I fall oh, I yeah. am a sucker for shit like that. Same here, man. Same here. <laughs> like, oh no, you're in a tight spot, you're in a tight spot. Boom. Like the tables have been turned. Gotcha, bitch. Yeah, like that's probably the thing that I'm a sucker for. I'm I'm, I'm a sucker for gotcha bitch moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like like we said, uh, Allison did great job. Lori, perfection, and oh, then yeah. James Jude Courtney was. Oh my god, he is. Oh, he is the boogeyman. Oh, so what would you give the <coughs> acting? Just because some brought it down for me, I'll go. I'll go an eighty-seven. Hmm. I might actually match you on that. Oh I, yeah. I can't think of like any performance off the top of my head. That stood out in a negative way. Like, there's maybe that's fair one or two, but they're like such minor extras. Yeah, but I mean, the rest of the extras were solid. Like one extra, um, Oscar, the kid that freaking died on the fence. Oh yeah. Like, usually I'm like, I'm kind of an asshole when it comes to like. Like punk ass kids, <laughs> but I think his death was awesome. Like everything he, that he did was like sold me, and like it, it just he just came off as like the character he was supposed to be. So he he was just kind of one of those standout extras. Speaking of Oscar, I didn't know this until someone pointed it out. Um, okay, so you remember. Uh, in Halloween Kills, when his mother like comes to the hospital and she sees his body in the coroner's office, yes. 
So, at the beginning of Halloween Ends, do you remember the lady that hung herself? Was that her? When, yeah, because she's wearing his devil... She's wearing his devil horns and all this shit. And someone pointed out, I'm like, no shit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, sh-. that's like really good attention to detail from Green. Um, but yeah, that, I, yeah, when someone told me that, I'm like, no shit. Oh, man. Dude, I remember that. Like, that made me so sad. And, like, it, Gosh, I wish they would have done something to, like, just give us that visualization, like, a little bit better to, like, remind us. For those that don't, yeah, like, didn't go no, back I and agree. explore. Dude, that's insane. Right? That That's heartbreaking, too. Like It is. Oh, very much so. Damn. Like, if only she, like... If they would have added like a picture of her son or something, or just like a quick flashback of his of her son, or just something to like remind us who she was, like that would have had a, a major impact. Yeah. It, oh, it absolutely would. Would have. Damn. That that's amazing. Ah. So yeah. Um. So eighty-seven all around for acting. Uh, next up, we have our character development. But with this being a horror movie, we're going to be talking about the logic and how well this movie follows the logic of the movie. It's just like whatever the movie sets up. Um, like how well does it follow those rules? Yes. And with this, it's kind of, it kind of doesn't set up its own rules. Like, this movie's, it, for me, I was all, like, being very critiqueful on whether it followed the rules of the original. That's fair. Um, I, I mean, I feel, considering that this one doesn't start getting into, um, them diving into, oh, since, you know, Michael's, uh, is the epitome of evil. His evil can spread. Um, the more he kills, the more um, he transcends into the epitome of evil. He's the true definition of evil. This one, it's more so. Yes, he's you know he's evil, but it's still just he's still just a serial killer. They're not like really pushing this whole like the evilest person ever agenda yet, um, and so. I feel that because of that, this one out of the trilogy honestly sets up its own rules the best, um, because it's literally just a serial killer walking around the streets of Haddonfield after he escapes and just killing everybody he can in sight. He doesn't have he doesn't have a motive at all. Yeah, which really just sets up like the terrifying nature of Michael. But on top of that, it's like. They don't do anything that's outside of the realm of possibility. Like, obviously, maybe for someone of Michael's supposed age, things like things are a little like out there in terms of like the strength that he has. Yeah, this motherfucker is stronger in his sixties than he was in his twenties. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> he was able to pick up a. I'm not calling Oscar fat, but he was a kind of a bigger boy. And he was able to 
lift him up all the way up to the fence and freaking be able to stick his his head through the freaking whatever the hell they're called the fence posts or whatever whatever they're yeah, called yeah i mean honestly like that takes just... some freaking strength yeah like that was nuts <clears throat> but yeah it, it's just one of those those things there like that's the only thing that was like super outside of the realm of possibility for me i'm like this dude's like 60 okay like, uh supposedly with... Like yeah, well yeah, he's supposed to be like sixty four, I think. Sixty four, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like come on, like that dude was. Like, could you imagine freaking Michael Myers lifting weights at the <laughs> asylum? <laughs> like, there's oh, no man. way that he w- stayed that freaking yoked, like just standing there, like he was in. <laughs> like. Oh. Like, hell no, dude. <laughs> I can just imagine him, like, sitting on his bench and just doing, like, arm curls, and all of a sudden, he, uh, hears them, uh, doing roll call, and they're about to get to his name. He's like, oh shit, I, you know, I, I, I gotta be like who am I? I'm supposed to be. Gets him and just stands at the, just stares at the, uh, wall right before they come to his room. Dude, it's one of those things that I feel never gets addressed in, like, th- this, these. <clears throat> larger than life horror icon movies it's like you never see them eating or like having to take a bathroom break or something like <laughs> you... the only time that we've ever seen michael myers eat and he was you didn't actually see me is in the original when they go to the old myers house and there's a dead dog in there and loomis looks at it and he's just like oh he got hungry that is the only time <laughs> That it's ever addressed what Michael Myers eats. I'm like, okay, great. He eats dogs. Great. Yeah. It's one of those, like, weird things that, like, I seem to, like, obsess about. (laughs) No, and that's... I'm like, when does this bitch eat, dude? Like, he needs protein. (laughs) Like, he must be on, like, an all-meat diet or something for, like, the amount of muscle that he supposedly has dude straight like especially uh what he does to the um the guy podcaster how he beats his head in like holy shit yeah like that's some like bow flex on the daily type (laughs) shit (laughs) (laughs) so i mean logic wise i think they did a pretty good job they did. Like, yeah, Michael has always kind of been someone that w- has been, I would say, above human strength. Yes. So, I... What I've always wondered, though, because I feel it varies, who is stronger, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers? That's like always been like a toss-up for me. I think it just it depends, depends on the movie. It does, like, um, like Jason, like Jason and Freddy versus Jason, depending on which Michael you're going for. Oh yeah, Michael would be fucked. Yeah, but dude, that would be an interesting fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll probably we'll never forget it. They're not they're not owned by the same companies. Um, I mean, I'm honestly still amazed that we actually got Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, and I'm grateful we did. 
Um, but I don't think we'll ever get a, uh, a, a movie equivalent to, or we'll never get a movie like that where, again, where two horror icons go head to head. But at least we got yeah, one. That, yeah. Dude, that would be sick if we eventually did get, like, something. Yeah. Like, I, I think I would Chucky love a versus, versus Freddy Jason. would be off the hook. My money's on Chucky. Sorry to say. But that's just because I like Chucky more. That one's tough. It's like, yes, I like Chucky more, but I think Freddy would jack him up. That's fair. <laughs> that, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, getting back on, on subject. <laughs> uh, like we said, I mean, they did a decent job at following their own rules. Like, it obviously, once you start diving into the the hows of, like, how Michael is able to, like, maintain his strength <laughs> and stuff, yeah. like, that's kind of where it's, it gets a little dicey, but if you just go into it accepting the fact that Michael has above human strength and all that. He's got a lot of ground to make up. Yeah. Like everything like he does is consistent. Like he's impartial on his kills. Like there's no rhyme or reason as to why he kills who he kills. It's just, Oh, there's someone like following them. Kill. Oh, there's someone else. Yep. Like, follow them, kill. Yep. Um, that's how Michael should be. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's not until he gets like more or less kidnapped and taken to Lori that he actually it feels like he has like a, a direction. It's like he's a gun, and someone just aimed him at at Lori. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect way to explain it. So, I mean, I think they did a, a really good job, like, keeping with those rules. And the kills being, like, super brutal. Like, I don't think there was anything that anyone survived or didn't survive that made me think that they made me think any other way. What about Hawkins, considering that he does survive this and the kills? With him being stabbed in the neck and then ran over by a SUV. Oh, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, that actually, like, reduces my score. (laughs) (laughs) Not by a lot, though. But yeah, yeah, that is definitely one of those, like, oh, come on, bullshit. Yeah. We get it. A lot of people liked him, but still, ain't no way he coming back from it. And the fact that, like... Because um, his legs were run over. I don't care what anyone says. So the fact that he can walk just fine in Halloween ends, like, no problems, I'm like, I call bullshit. Yeah. He he should at least have a cane. <sighs> Honestly, I think I might be at the same score I was with acting. I think I'm at an 87 there. You know, I'll match it. Once again, we'll, ma- we'll match. Alright, next up we got the effects. And dude. These were great. These were amazing. I loved how they like tried to stick to as practical as possible with everything. I and, think 
The only one that I can think effect that like might have looked a little weird, and I think the only I can excuse it just because it was part of the one shot, and so they only had one take to get it right, is the final lady that he kills when she smashes her head uh, against I don't know what it is, like probably like a a book not a bookshelf, uh, uh, just a table or whatever, and then he stabs her in the neck. The way that the knife comes out, I don't know if it's CGI or whatnot, but it just kind of looks a little weird. It doesn't look right, but I can excuse it because it's part of a one-shot, and everything else in that one-shot is just freaking phenomenal. So is that the one he goes through like the neck and then rips it out? Yes. Okay, I think that might have been prosthetic, and that's probably why that it didn't prosth- look right. I think it was just silicone okay. that stretched a little too much. Okay. Like, like okay, if I sense. had to guess. <laughs> no, that that would make sense. Yeah, but it was, oh, it was great. Absolute brutality. Yeah. With this movie. So freaking good. Like, the one that's seared into my brain is when Oscar died. Dude. Oh yeah, that oh, that one jacked me up. <laughs> like that messed honestly, me up something awful. Dude, that's fair. I mean, honestly, probably my favorite kill um would have to be uh just when, you know, of course he returns to Haddonfield and he picks up the hammer and <laughs> he freaking just bushwhacks just kills that lady in the kitchen and then he picks up the classic kitchen knife. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, got to go for the classic, Michael. You can't have any other weapon." Hammer's a good choice, but it's not Michael's weapon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, just the absolute brutality of this movie. They did not hold back at no. And, and I it, love it so much. Oh, it, it did wonders for this movie. And everything, like, like other than, like you said, that, that neck thing, um, everything else looked fantastic. Even the head smash looked great. Yeah, like all of it looked really good. Like I said, they no. they I think they tried to go as practical as humanly possible, and that just there is okay the absolute hype. I do have one more problem with uh with them trying to you know like stick with you know like prosthetics and everything. Um, do you remember uh Vicky's boyfriend? I forget his name. Uh. When Michael, like, uh, or when Hawkins finds him, like, stabbed into the wall? Uh, Do you remember from the original? No, from, from, from this, this one. one. Yeah. Like, when he, when he sees, so I think that's the first body he sees. He doesn't see Vicky's yet, because he hasn't gone upstairs. But it's, uh, yeah, it's her boyfriend, and, like, he, like, Michael stabbed him into the wall, and then you can see on his, uh, shoulder, you can see, like, the, Ten thirty one eighteen tattoo because you know that's when he was gonna lose his virginity, so that's the tattoo that he got. Um, do you remember that scene at all? Vaguely. So, I I want to see. Do you have your phone on you? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna send you the that shot really quickly. Um, because I do not think. That the uh pros not the prosthetic, but the dump I guess you could say dummy that they made for the character 
I don't think it uh, looks like him uh, at all, and just it it just doesn't look weird. Um, so let me let me find it really quickly. I don't know, maybe maybe it's just me, but th- so this is how the prosthetic looked. Now, do you remember what the actor looked like? Yes. Okay. So here is how it looks. Is this a screenshot from the movie? Uh, no. I'm trying to find that. There is a screen. Where the hell? Yeah, I was like, if this is a screenshot from the movie, I, I'm not recalling this, but if this is like a behind the scenes thing, it might be behind the scenes. Actually, let me try to find a. There has to be a screenshot that someone has done. Like, come on. It looks pretty freaking close, though. It does. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too much of a stickler. What's his name? Is it Cameron? No, it's uh, Dave. Dave? Dang, how's no one done like a freaking close up of this guy? What the hell? Alright, I'm trying to, I'm looking up a picture of the the actor, right? Okay. Yeah, that doesn't look like him. I don't know, maybe I mean, I'm probably just being too much of a stickler because the angle that they get it at, you don't really see his face. Um like I think this is here, I'll send you I think this is the only angle, or these are the two angles that you see in the actual movie. Let me send these to you. Okay, I mean, that doesn't look horrible, but it, you're right, there is kind of something off about his face. Okay. I can't quite put my finger on it, though. I think I'm scrolling through all of his pictures, and... That one's that one's really tough. Cause it's yeah, because like, you can kind of tell that it's him, but they hit it so well that like you can't really be mad. Yeah, like you can't really dock it for that. Yeah, I think they did the best they could with that. So yeah, not not super upset about that. I mean, it's a great prosthetic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the only issue I have is that it looks like he had a stroke on his on one side. Yeah, it kind of does. But I mean, it looks great. Yeah, so not not super upset about that. In ways that like that doesn't even really affect my my score for effects all that much. Yeah, I would say honestly, yeah, the only one that really affects it is just that uh that that next step. Yeah. I think realism wise, I think they they maintained a really good consistent vibe with everything and like I think the prosthetics just helped. And Absolutely. So I'm in the solid 90s for this one. I think I'm just trying to debate whether I'm like as high as a 95 or like 93 area. Like what are you thinking? I think I I I agree with you. I'm definitely in in the 90s, but I would say I'm at a 93. I might go a little higher than you. I I think I'm just somewhere in the middle, so I'm going to go to 94. All right, next up we got music. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't care what you say. Uh, it's a 10 for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's and... John Carpenter coming back. I, this soundtrack is perfect from The Shape Returns, which arguably is my favorite track ever next to the original theme, um, to The Shape Hunts Allison, which I wish was a longer track and a longer scene. Cause, oh my god, that, that track is just freaking amazing. Um, yeah, this, this soundtrack is freaking incredible. Um, so yeah, it's a 10 for me. <clears throat> I can't quite give it a 10. You son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> it, I know I suck, but I, I think I'm down at like an 8. I'm like so close to a 9, though. Like, redonkulously close to a 9. So whether I give it an eight or a nine, it's it's we're it's sitting at a nine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, is the Halloween theme song iconic? Absolutely. But when it's like the only thing, <laughs> oh, go fuck yourself! I'm I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, I get it, and I feel like I feel like this has come up like every time we've talked about a Halloween movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, I can absolutely, I can usually, I can absolutely hate a Halloween movie, but for the most part, the soundtrack is still killer. Yeah, so I'm sitting at an eight with that one. Um. Alright, like next up we got costumes. And dude, this mask. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. It was it's so it's beautiful. So good. This one this one's honestly super tough for me. But I think I'm I'm also at a nine with this one. Like as iconic of a look as Michael Myers has. I just don't think that can hold hold a candle to like the rest of the extras wearing like average shit. See, for me, I would be at a nine, but the fact that, and I feel they explain it very well, the fact that Karen wears a freaking Christmas sweater on Halloween just because she hates the holidays so much um, because of her mother, yeah, that brings me to a ten. So. <laughs> uh, fair enough alright then <coughs> let's see last up we have our own personal score so I'll, I'll take this one first so we can okay. leave off with your thoughts on this movie I over the years, I have grown to a a very uh, interesting relationship with the Halloween franchise. I did not grow up and was raised on it like Rose was, but Rose has slowly been trying to convert me to be a Michael Myers fanboy. <laughs> and, and I'm very proud of that. This movie damn near got me there. 
in ways of just being like total geeking out over Michael. And it, it's a solid one. Like whether or not this is your first time, like, or your first introduction to the Halloween franchise or whether you're familiar with some of like the previous material. Cause coming into this, I was familiar with a decent portion of the Halloween movies, but I wasn't like, I didn't have like a full, um, have the full like view of what, Michael has been or or like my my uh my viewing experience has been very catered because of Rose and his <laughs> love of of Michael Myers and he just want like I feel like I got spoiled in that way <laughs> and yeah so this like I said damn near got me on the fanboy bandwagon because this movie was just incredible with its absolute brutality. It felt like a classic uh, slasher film. Like, it, it had the charm and everything of the original, but, like, with the improved pacing and all of that good stuff, and they didn't rely on heavy CGI, which I think just helped this movie excel so because of that i am going to be at maybe an 88 for my personal score i like it um so yeah i i remember when this like movie first was announced and i'm just like really they're you know after halloween resurrection and the rob zombie films they're really going to try to bring the halloween franchise back I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Um, but then they announced that Jamie Lee Curtis was actually coming back, so I got a little more excited. And then after the first trailer uh, came out, I was on board uh, right after that, um, and I loved it. Um, this was such a great return to form for this franchise. Um, were the other were the two movies that followed great? No. But this was a great, a, a great um, stepping stone for what those movies um, set out to do. Um, and just the way that uh, they set up uh, Michael Myers in this movie, Laurie Strode, um, just everything is so well established. Um, yeah. Um, the, it, when this movie, it had been so long since I had been this pleased with a Halloween film. And I, I walked out of the movie theater with a smile on my face. I was so pleased with this. Um, so, yeah, honestly, um, I'm going to match my story score, and I'm going to go a 90. Honestly, fair enough. It's kind of funny that you also matched your score, story score. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that concludes this week's breakdown. So going through each category, we have story starting off at a very strong 89%. Uh, the writing dropped down a little bit, um, sitting at an 83.5%. Um, acting shot back up, sitting at a solid 87. The logic 
for this movie, also sitting at a solid 87. Uh, the effects bumped up an absolute ton, sitting at a 93 and a half. Music is sitting at a 9 because I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> Costumes is also sitting there because I was just not as as impressed as Rose was. <laughs> and then the personal score came back down just a hair, sitting at a solid 89. So, with that, the final All Bros Letter Grade for Halloween 2018 has come to a... B+. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, it is a very strong B+. It is sitting at an 88.16%. And our cutoff is 90 for those of oh, you that shit, are, yeah. are curious, yeah. So it hell yeah, dude. Oh, it 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 scored really freaking high. Um, let's see. Just for shits and giggles, where like what our official like ranking for Halloween has come to? Maybe. Hold on. Technical issues. All right. What do you... So, if you had to take a shot in the dark, <coughs> what do you think the ranking is for these Halloween movies? Okay, so... Like all four of them. So, this is including all, all 1978. Four. So, I think the original is at the same. Uh, same score, B+. Uh, I can't remember if Halloween Ends was at a B or a B minus. It was one of those. Um, and then Halloween Ends was at a C plus. So if I had to guess, ranking wise, just because I feel that you liked this one a little bit more than the original Halloween, um, I would say number one was Halloween 2018. Number two was the original Halloween 1978. Number three, Halloween Kills. And number four, Halloween ends. <laughs> you freaking nailed it! Yes, dude, that was that was impressive. <coughs> Thank you. That- Thank you. <laughs> so is Halloween is Halloween Kills a B or a B minus? Halloween Kills was a B. Okay. So just comparing the Halloween movies, <coughs> not compared to like everything else. So Halloween 2018 is sitting at an 88.16%. Okay. Halloween 1978 is 1% lower than that, sitting at an 87.06%. Halloween Kills is 2% lower than that, sitting at an 85.68%. And then Halloween Ends is sitting at a 79.83. Alright. Yeah, so <clears throat> Halloween, or both Halloweens are at a B+. Halloween Kills is at a B, and then Halloween Ends is a C+. I like it. I like it. Dude, that was beyond impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway, comparing this movie to the others that we have scored, 
Uh, let me find it real quick. So Halloween 2018. Like I said, it's sitting at an 88.16%. That puts it above the prom, which is at an 88.12. I'm cool with that. It is also sitting above Rhea and the Last Dragon, which is at an 87.81. It is above Parasite, which is at an 87.59. All right. It is above How to Train Your Dragon, which is at an 87.5, as well as The Black Phone, which is also at an 87.5. And then it is above Freaky, which is at an 87.37. Alright, not bad. Yeah, and then going the opposite direction, it is below The Invisible Man, which was at an 88.23. That's fair. It is below How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is at an 88.37. Okay. It is also below Bros, which is at an 88.56. Yes. And then it is (coughs) below Top Gun Maverick and Luca, which are both at an 88.62. All right. It's not bad. Yeah, so it, it, again, like all of our B-plus movies, the margins are ridiculously tight. <laughs> like, it, it's it's damn near ridiculous how close these movies are to each other. <laughs> like, honestly, the difference between Halloween 2018... And our top B-plus movie is just barely over 1%. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, so our top B-plus movie is uh, Rocket Man. Oh, okay. And that's sitting at an 89.91. All right. And so... Yeah, it's like the difference between that and Halloween 2018 is like 1.7%. Wow. Damn, that's that's insane, dude. Yeah. Our 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 margins are toit. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that is where Halloween 2018 is sitting. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, wrapping up this episode, if you liked this episode and want to hear more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We can basically be found everywhere. Um, our more popular places are like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms of that type. You can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube if you prefer to listen that way. Uh, You can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at the All Bros. Um, If you want to hit us up with an episode idea, want to answer our question of the week, 
or if you want to join us for an episode, we would love to have anyone on to talk about any movie. Uh, you can also, so you can email us at theallbroschannel at gmail.com. Check out our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash theallbros, where you can find links to everything that we do. And with that, this, our next week, which will be our first episode in November, you guys can look forward to us breaking down Black Adam, which came out the week that we're recording. Yes. Right? I think so. It came out like the week before, right? Um... You know what? I can't remember now. Mm. Well, anyway, it's out now, so (laughs) go check it out so we don't spoil it for you next week. And until then, everyone that is listening to this the day of, have a very happy Halloween. And we will catch you guys next week. Deuces! So, mm, wow, I'm not even going to try either. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha.